Gambling on football, you say. Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play where you know when you win, you're going to get paid. Because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. Mybookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the Zabecast, Ron Thomas joins me to gloat about his Wizards partial season ticket plan. He also will clown on Kansas for the Snoop Dogg debacle and tell us how a simple four turned into a complicated nine at a recent golf tournament. All that plus Richard the Liar and knitting at a football game? Your gloriously uncensored 40 minutes of me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. Thank you very much for joining me. Man, what a game by the Nationals on Tuesday night or Monday night it is. Yes, one night ago, Monday night. Classic Nats. Scherzer to the max. Seven innings, including the clutch strikeouts and getouts at the end to save his outing and set up the bullpen. And then, of course, Ryan Zimmerman with an insane bomb to dead center field off a 97-mile-per-hour 97 97 tits-high fastball. The old man, the original Nat, still has it. Game 5 coming up Wednesday tonight, as a matter of fact, in Los Angeles. Remind me to reach out to uh, former producer extraordinaire, currently working as a executive producer for the NFL Network, David Singer, who is the biggest Dodger fan that I know, and we'll have a little bit of good-natured trash talking. Okay, so also Monday night was the Browns getting their ass handed to them in a Chinese takeout box, you know, with a little metal handle on it, 31-3 to by the San Francisco 49ers. It was especially depressing to see the Niners look so good because they had speed upon speed on offense. Uh, who knew Matt Breda was that damn fast? 23 miles an hour, the fastest clocked speed on a football field in the pros in several years, apparently. And they got speed. They got their quarterback in Garoppolo. He likes to bang porn stars. What's the problem? And they've got a bright young head coach and, you know, Kyle Shanahan, who did fuck up the Super Bowl by not running it, but okay. 
and they've got George Kittle, who is a difference maker at tight end. And they've got Nick Bosa, who's apparently as good as his older brother, uh, Bosa, in San Diego. Uh, why can't I think of his name right now? Watch this. I'll take my headphones off, and it'll come to me immediately. Uh, Nick Bosa and Ed Bosa, Bill Bosa. I don't know. You know, maybe this is early onset dementia. I'm only 51 years old. Why is it that I choke on certain names? Part of me thinks that Joey Bosa, ding, nailed it. Part of me thinks, Zabe, you are thinking about so many names, facts, figures, scores, events, that it's a miracle you're not stumbling more. Another part of me says, I don't know. I should know these things a lot easier. They should come to mind a lot better. So Nick Bosa apparently is every bit as good as his older brother and is an absolute fucking terror. Niners are good. They're 4-0. And what, they've been in the wilderness for all of five years? They've had five bad years. It might have only been four bad years because last year Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. If he didn't get hurt, then who knows? And you could say, well, the, the Patriots basically gave Garoppolo to him. Maybe. But they were there to catch him. It's just so frustrating as a Red... Excuse me, as a Redskin fan. I don't have a mute button on this mic. Actually, I do, as a matter. There it is, right there. Okay, good. Now I got my finger out in case I've got a burp coming up. It is. It was Taco Tuesday here in the house. Taco Tuesday! So, Niners look great. Speed, talent, good young coach. Field. <laughs> Field looks fucking amazing out there. Of course, someone said any idiot could grow grass in that climate, Northern California, and with a groundskeeper's budget in the NFL. Someone else said, remember, Zay, this field had problems the first couple of years. They kept having to resod it. Okay, I don't know what to believe, but either way, it looked unbelievable. And then you had the stadium filled. I mean, it was packed. They've had attendance problems these last couple of years when the team has sucked, and they don't draw well when the late afternoon games go off early in the year when the hot Northern California sun bears down on the uh, sunny side of the stadium. Okay, fine, but it was full on Monday night, and it was red everywhere. It's so unlike Redskin home games on Monday night. Oh, and yeah, they were kicking the shit out of the team they were playing. Another feature the Redskins do not do at home on Monday night. Very frustrating. Five years, that's it. Seems like it's been a while. Like, ah, oh, Niners aren't good anymore. Since Harbaugh left, they're not good anymore. They they went through uh, Jim Tom Sula, horrible mistake. Chip Kelly, horrible mistake. Now Kyle Shanahan, well, guess what? It looks like they got a team now. Five years, that's it. That's nothing. That's a blink of an eye if you're a Redskin fan. But the incident that drew the most discussion was Richard Sherman, who claimed after the game that punk-ass Baker Mayfield didn't shake his hand during the pregame warm-up or the pregame captain's meet, and that's some that is some college shit. It's disrespectful to the game. It fired up our team and was wrong. And all of us, including me, said, huh, that sounds like Baker Mayfield. He's the guy that refused to shake the hand of uh, his former head coach, Hugh Jackson just because Hugh Jackson got fired and then took sort of a make-good assistant job with the Bengals, a rival team in their division, and he famously stared him down after a big play and refused to shake his hand. Or if he did shake his hand, it was very perfunctory. I, 
I forget how it went down, but it was douchey. I immediately thought, yeah, that sounds about right for Baker Mayfield. What a douchebag. Problem is, it wasn't true. Not at all. It was a bald-faced and or bald-faced, yeah, it would be bald-faced, bald-faced lie by Richard Sherman. There's video. Video showing Sherman shook hands directly with Baker Mayfield. Now, was it a warm embrace? Did they seem to have respect for each other? No, it seemed a touch perfunctory. But Mayfield also shook hands with other players on the Browns team and even gave them a more warm sort of pat-pat half hug. Hmm. Why would Sherman lie about this? Why would Sherman lie to the point where he probably knew there's going to be photos, there's going to be videos of this. I'm not going to get away with it. Why would Richard Sherman lie? I have some theories. They're all half-cooked. I don't really know if they make any sense. I think, in general, there's just a lot of animosity in some circles in the league over Baker Mayfield himself. He's too cocky. Hasn't won anything yet. He's now getting endorsements that perhaps he doesn't deserve. Maybe some people thought he did Hugh Jackson wrong. I I don't know. It's a weird flex to lie so blatantly about something and then basically shrug it off when reporters uh, the next day said, "Eh, you know, we got video of this. Basically, Sherman's like, well, it's just that he left the whole meeting real quick, sort of in a huff. That's what I was talking about. Doesn't matter. We won anyway. Boom. End of discussion. Boo. Liar. Fucking bald face liar. Richard Sherman. This is this is our cue to ignore everything Richard Sherman says going forward. Richard Sherman was talking about, I want the NCAA to go down. I want them to be broken. Destroyed, I think was the word. And I'm thinking, okay, who's going to run college sports then? Because they'll have to get a new NCAA. They'll have to get a uh, MCQP or some other alphabet soup organization that does the scheduling of the games, the administration of the leagues, uh, the dispersal of the scholarship money. If there still is scholarship money, you're sort of hating a bureaucratic institution. But okay, that's fine. Great, whatever. And people always talk about his GPA at Stanford, how smart he is. Well, I don't know. It's not real smart when you blatantly lie and you do it in a way in which you're guaranteed to get caught. The motivation to do it, though, is what confuses me. And from a media standpoint, this is also problematic because already, myself included, were too quick to read a headline and run with it. TLDR. Too long, didn't read. Oh, I got the headline. I got the gist of it. Let's go. Let's roll with it. And nowadays, certain things that you think, okay, he said he didn't shake his hand. Okay, that's. Well, I'm going to take that as an established factual thing. And then I'm going to form a take off of it about Baker Mayfield. Who does he think he is? But now we've got to go, well, allegedly, allegedly this happened, or someone said this is what happened. Everything now has to be qualified, I guess, in this day and age in which there's just rampant lying going on all over the place. We have to qualify everything with, well, if true, dot, dot, dot. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. 
If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play where you know when you win, you're going to get paid. Because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. Mybookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Hello, Steve. Ronnie Thomas joining us tonight. Giddy over the carving up of his partial season ticket plan for the Washington Wizards. What on earth? Yes. What on what on earth are you buying tickets to this garbage basketball team that is going to go on an express ride to twenty-one and sixty-one? Why, Ron? You know, Ow. I'm not going to let you rain on my parade and. Uh, <laughs> Today was a special day for me because it is the first time that I have had seats. And if I may, no, I hope I don't sound like a prick, but I am going to have VIP seats at uh, the Capital One Arena front row of the section under the basket, which includes food and beverage, Steve. Ooh. Pasta, salad bar. Uh, Look at you! Ice cream bar, everything, and I don't drink, but that would be included. Um, but and I get to take my son, and you know, we go to these games. We go to a lot of Wizards games, but we go to watch the other players, and it's that simple. We watch the other teams. So it's and so I, it's like old times. Sorry to interrupt. More on that in a second. It's like old times with the Wizards, in which they used to market, "Come see Michael Jordan, come see Patrick Ewing, come see Charles Barkley." you're on the sampler platter of the rest of the league. Yeah, and I love the NBA. I truly do. I, I love the talent. You know how much I love the game of basketball, and I love watching these guys. I think they're the greatest athletes on the planet. They're freaks, and I love uh, watching them get up and down the court, and I love Bradley Beal. He is, you know, right. we've, excuse me, we've got a superstar on the Wizards, and what, you know what I love is we've got a bunch of guys that are going to be playing hard. They have to play hard because they're going to be playing for a contract. And sure, they all have a league minimum. They're all making good money. But, um, you know, in this day and age, every NBA guy is making good money. But these guys are playing. They're going to play their ass off because they want to make money down the road. Good. So so, 
So, in other words, you don't love every NBA player. Those that you don't care for, you are vocal and very articulate in why you don't care for them. But as a basketball guy, as a guy who played, and as a guy who's from the cradle of basketball itself, Indiana, you appreciate the eliteness of the best players in the world coming there. And you're going to be right there, you know, courtside to watch them do their thing. Yeah, and I also get to give a bunch of shit to the officials because I think the <laughs> officiating in the NBA is a joke. Uh, you know, I, I mean, they're good officials, but it's just a disaster the way they manage the game sometimes when it comes to the superstars. And that shit has to change because that is one of the things that really makes this league unwatchable for a lot of people. Well, hopefully uh, you can change that one blown-out vocal cord at a time. Oh, it's not even a lot of screaming. It's just precision. You know, it's precision. It's timeliness. It's knowing their names um, of the officials, which I do. And you're gonna, that kind of, you're gonna scream. kind of startles them. You're, you're going to scream, you know, uh, hey, Ken Maurer, you were late in your rotation there. You've got weak side call on that. You're not looking. Your eyes are in the wrong place. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna Where, whereas lit. everyone, whereas everyone else can be like, "You fucking bum! That was not a foul." <laughs> Ronnie will be real technical in his yeah. breakdown of what the officials are not doing right. Yeah, you're the trail official. You're or the sea official. Get in position. That's not. You know what I do say. That's trail guy call. has trail guy has after ball contact. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Lead official doesn't call a walk or a push out there, but anyway, so the guy's uh, Joe Sheffers is a good golfing friend and a really good player. He and his dad have had season tickets for years, and they've used them mostly for business. And I've always, when I've bought tickets online, I've always sat down kind of right behind them. And finally this year I asked them, I said, if you ever want to get rid of half your plan, and they said yes. Wow. So we are right there, and I love it. And we, um, mean, we meaning you and your son. Yeah, it's going to be well, and not and always. It, if if Winston can't go or doesn't want to go, which will be a rarity, but uh, I'll use them for business. So and, and the pricing is very reasonable. But you know what's crazy is when I looked at the, I have the tickets in my possession, and they're cool. They're it's like a hard card. It's more of a credential. But the thing is, is when you look at the pricing breakdown, you would think that every game would be the same ticket because they're season tickets, but no way. The Lakers game per ticket, $1,250. What? Yes. Then, and I didn't get the Lakers seats because they're their tickets, and I can't stand LeBron James, as you know, and so I don't even want to be there. I mean, I might I might end up going, <laughs> but they got there. So that was kind of fun is the divvying up the tickets. You know, okay. I got Golden State. And, but, yeah, $1,200 for the Lakers. And then, per like, the ticket, the, regular yeah, 12, season game. Twelve fifty. You are still for, under the basket. You're not even courtside. No, you're right. Twelve fifty a ticket. But then you look at, like, a February – uh, Atlanta, um, you know, like an Atlanta Hawks visit, like two sixty nine per sure, ticket. Sure. Okay. Uh, you said so. when your son Winston can't go, you may use him for business, or I, I might gently add a popular balding radio host in the Washington DMV. When his oh, I'd love to sit permits. there. I, I yeah, I'd love to sit there with you. I just like being up that close because you can see so much. Oh, These guys okay. do not. You know, it always reminds me of airplane when you know. Hey, I know you. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're, my dad says you never run up and down the court and this and that. 
But these guys, they're playing hard the whole well, time. It's just sometimes it doesn't look like they're defending because the guy they're defending is impossible to guard. You, you got to pay it off, Ron, by telling those who have not seen the classic movie Airplane by the Zucker Brothers, circa 1979, <laughs> that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, playing the role of the co-pilot, forces a weak smile, wants to be polite to the kid, but then leans in and then says, tell your old man to drag Walton and uh, who was the other center? He says, "You li- listen here." But he says, "I bust my ass every night." You tell your dad to drag Lanier and Walton. Lanier up. Walton. You right. tell your dad to drag Lanier and Walton up, up and down, down the, the court. court for forty-eight minutes a night. I bust my ass every night. Yeah, exactly. That was classic. All right, yeah. so let's go over your games that you have uh, for the Wizard season. How many do you have? How many games? Twenty games. All right, half of a home home stand. So, right, me- forty. 41 games and I got 20 of them. All right. Can you, do you have them in front of you, the, the games? I do. Do we have time to do this? Just, I'll just rattle through. I don't care the dates. Just All give right. me the teams and give me the All teams right. once. I'm reaching, in, I'm reaching into my file cabinet. I had to hide them from my wife because she doesn't know necessarily that I got these just yet. But we'll worry about that later. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast, so it's all good. Let's worry about it later, and by later you mean never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, you're going to a lot of games. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks this Sunday, October 13th, forget, which is... Forget all the dates. Let's just go through the teams. Well, I'm just saying it's a preseason. So, all right. Then oh, the, I okay, the, preseason. All right. I got the Pistons. I got the Knicks. I got the Phoenix Suns. My son loves Booker. He's good. I got the Cavaliers. They were awful. The Pistons. Okay, so Nick, Suns, and Cavs are all garbage teams. No offense. No, the Suns aren't. Suns are going to be better. They're pretty good, actually. Pistons are good. (laughs) Wait a minute. The Suns finished a billion games out of the hunt for the playoffs last year. Did they not? They added some stuff to their team, Steve. Yeah, and they they drafted a few. All right, go ahead. Um, Keep going. The Hawks, we love the Hawks because we or we like watching the Hawks because our boy from Maryland plays yeah. for them. Uh, Denver Nuggets. Okay. Chicago Bulls. Okay. Miami Heat. Okay. Brooklyn Nets. My son likes Kyrie. Okay. Um, Milwaukee Bucks, again. That's a big one. Oh, I got two of those. You're going to one of those. Okay, next. All right. Warriors, which is fun. Ooh, okay. Celtics. Okay. I got both Celtics games. You know, they team, teams visit twice. Uh, I got the Charlotte Hornets. Okay. I got the Philadelphia 76ers. I got the Boston Celtics, as I said, for the second time. I got the Orlando Magic. Okay. I got the Utah Jazz. Okay. I got my Indiana Pacers, who okay. are tough with Oladipo. If Oladipo didn't get hurt last year, they were on their way to doing some nasty things. Okay. Um, the Raptors. Okay. The Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. And uh, that's it. All right. So the big ones, the big ones you missed are the Rockets. Yep. Didn't want it. Right. With Harden and and Westbrook, which, how do you think that's going to work out? Uh, You know, it's, I love that you said that. You know, having, going to these baseball games as I have lately, the, the Nationals games. And watching, of course, we got the Dodgers and the Nationals are playing game five. And they have the two best pitching rotations in the National League. I think we all would all agree, starting pitching rotations. These guys are paid an exorbitant amount of money. The comparison between what you get out of 
these guys for the 30 million a year in terms of baseball and pitchers, the production you get out of them compared to the bullshit that you get out of the $30 million NBA player. It's a joke. It's not even comparable. Sure. You get points, but it doesn't necessarily translate into uh, a better team. And yet, you know, you know what I'm saying? And yet here you are feeding coal into the belly of the beast of the NBA with your expensive swanky, all the food and drink you can eat tickets. So that's interesting that you would say that. I don't necessarily disagree, although I won't dig into it right now, but I love the fact you can love the NBA and still say, God damn, a lot of these guys are so overpaid. There's so much money in the league uh, from the TVs or from the TV contracts that, yeah, they're all over. But you watch these guys now that get traded or get picked up in free agency. Guys are making, I mean, guys who have no business, even well, they're good players. I'm not going to say that, but they're making 14, 16, $18 million right. a year. Right. right. No, I hear you. So by my accounting, just, I did a couple notes here. Of the, mm-hmm. of the marquee teams and or players that you will miss, and, you know, you had to be judicious in which games you took because you were buying off sort of the B tier of uh, games from your friend. Correct. Houston, you miss, but you're not sad about it. Uh, San Antonio and what's left of them as a team. I'm trying to think right now who's on their Wait. roster at this point. Right. Uh, Marcus Lake, Aldridge. Right. The Lakers with LeBron and the Unibrow. The Clippers with the addition of uh, – the Claw, Kawhi, OKC, yep. who now have, God, who did they get in return? What happened uh, they, to OKC in the wake of the Westbrook thing? I forgot. I think they, did they get Conley? They might have gotten Conley. Okay. And uh, no someone. Portland with Damian Lillard, who's always fun to watch, and no yep. New Orleans with Zion Williamson, who made his preseason debut with a flurry of thunderous dunks. Always yeah. fun to watch. I'm on record saying I think Zion's going to be great. Capital G, great as a pro. What do you think? Uh, uh, the, just the highlights, the way he's, uh, I mean, the, what he's doing in the highlights just in the first two or one game, whatever it was last night, it's it's like he's playing in college again. against a, But he's playing against these NBA guys. And the way he elevates, and what I love is watching the bench, even the bench players, or the guys that are on the bench while he's on the court, they get to see this shit during practice. Right. So they know, and they're they're up off there. It's like every time he touches the ball, they're standing up expecting something insane to happen. Yeah. He's going to be very special. The question is, will he remain healthy? Because he is so active. He True. spends so much time in the air. And will and he? When you, yeah. And will uh, he also remain humble? Like, I just pray Zion doesn't become a douchebag. I want to have an exciting NBA player, not on my team, that I can be like, I like this guy. Yep. So, teams you named, uh, there are a lot of good teams. The Lakers, Houston, San Antonio, Portland, and uh, Oklahoma City. And those were all not points of contention at all because they are their tickets, ultimately. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and like you said, you were feeding off the fat, but I I just didn't want to be that guy. They're such good people, and I just was so grateful that I was getting what I was getting. So Um, I'm happy you're happy. Now, let me get this email in here. Anthony O'Hara emails to say, Steve, a couple thoughts on some recent podcasts. One, you seem to walk over Ron Thomas more than any other guest. Last week, while discussing dead and aging rock icons, you completely freight trained him. 
It happened somewhere around the 29-30 mark in the show. Ron was about to say something that may have been interesting or maybe idiotic, but we'll never know because you crushed him. Kablam. I don't feel that way at all. Not the least. Who gives a shit? They don't know how close we are, I don't think. I don't. I have an explanation for that, but before I go there, do you remember what you were going to say when no, I, I dump-trucked dump you? No, no. Again, this is like we go on trips together. We do shit together. This is normal conversation. That's why you have me on. I think um, the phenomenon is this. I think, Ron, you are polite enough that you defer. So if I jump in and I'm trying to interject, I'm not trying to take over or knock you completely off your point. I'm just trying to participate in the back and forth. You are so deferential, you will oftentimes check swing. And so it sounds worse than it does when there's a natural sort of scrum for the puck. Yeah, no, no, no. The we, analogy- we, we converse on a, constantly, and so we right, can almost right, answer right. one another's sentences. We know a great deal about one another. Right. I like in the analogy I make to sports radio and the way that I like to do it, and I think this mirrors typical conversation amongst guys when it comes to sports, is that the conversation's like a hockey game. Someone has the puck, they're skating with it, and eventually another guy comes up and he slams into you and tries to take the puck away. And there's sometimes this skirmishing overlap where you're fighting for the puck, but somebody eventually prevails. That's kind of like conversation. The argument of, well, why don't you let him finish first? Well, that's not rock'em, sock'em hockey. That's okay, and now you're done. And I might have had an interjecting point about something that was literally a minute ago, and it would have been lost. So you're yep. judicious as to, do I slip in here? I'm not trying to freight train you. I don't want to interject. Also, sometimes I have to keep it moving because I've got a list of things I want to get to, and time is running. So there Yep. You go. Um, well, there you go. I know that when you read something like that, though, when someone sends that to you, I know you. You're sensitive enough, sensitive enough to think, shit, did I really do that? Well, I but take I, it to heart. I want to get better. Well, I, if this I, is I, the I film. I tell you right me, now that I, I don't, don't sweat it. Yeah. All right. But well, I do. Do you know what I want to talk about? Uh, Hold can on. I dictate for a second? Hold on. Uh, let me get one more email in, and then we'll let you go ahead and okay. take the con. Uh, from okay. Hugh, Hugh Wynn. Zave, the sound quality of the podcast the other day you asked about, just fine. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, Ron Thomas, once again, pure gold. Just uncanny how much I'm in lockstep with you gentlemen on your opinions. Enjoyed every minute of it. Keep it up the good work. Hugh Wynn in upstate New York. Thank you, Hugh. All right, Ronnie, what do you got? Yes. Just finished playing the Middle Atlantic Amateur Championship at Westwood Country Club. It is the tournament that I look forward to the most. It's, this is the one this was the one hundred and thirteenth Middle Atlantic Amateur Championship. Uh, former winners are the likes of Davis Love and Nathaniel Crosby and Fred Funk and Marty West won it nine times, but it was at a place called Westwood Country Club, and I'm going somewhere with this um, in Vienna, which you played plenty of times as my uh, pug is barking like crazy. Sorry, stop it. <laughs> it's okay. So, so uh, it was a it's a four day tournament. If you make the cut, I made it. I made the cut. I was probably the second oldest guy there, maybe the third oldest. And see, I shot 78, 79, 78, and going into the final round. I was in 21st place. That's wow. how hard this golf course was. So my point in bringing this up is at the end of the four days, I was exhausted. 
I you had to grind your ass off. The greens were rolling at 13. Every pin was tucked. They were firm. The fairways were firm. But I don't know how these guys make a living doing this. I, I know that they get paid a shitload of money, but I don't get it. I don't. I will never judge another guy if he's a prick to a volunteer or a fan or. Anything. I don't know how they do it. It's a it's a pain in the ass, Steve. You if you if you lose your focus for one second, which I did, number fourteen, the last day. I'm rolling in there five over par. I'm playing with a guy named Scott Shingler, who's played in ten uh, USGA championships. He just played in the Crump Cup. Butch by Michael Muir won for the third time at Pine Valley. Mm-hmm. Just an incredible accomplishment on top of his fourth consecutive Pine Valley uh, Club Championship. But Shingler just came down from there. I'm playing with him. I figure if I'm playing with Shingler in the final round at the at the, at the mid am, I mean I'm sorry at the middle land camera that I'm doing something right. So I'm I'm playing well. I'm playing well. I come to number fourteen, par four, like two oh seven in. I gotta hit it left because the bunkers the pin stuck right. There's a bunker. I hit it in the bunker. I get in the bunker and I think hit this thing on the green and two putt and get out of here with a five. My dumbass at the last second, Steve. I adjusted. I tried to get cute with it. I hit the ball. It didn't come out of the bunker. It rolled back into my footprint. <laughs> oh, I, no, no. Oh, yeah, and I dug way the fuck in on, my, on the bunker shot. Too. So I have to hood it just to get it out of the footprint, leave it in the bunker, knock it onto the green, three putt, nine, 83. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not laughing, but wow. No, no, no. I, I'm laughing. I'm bringing yeah. it up. I mean, just like that, though. Just like that. A nine, and I'm not a nine guy. I don't do nines, but I did it. And it was, you know, I was grinding. I was grinding for three and a half days. Uh, but that's enough of that. But the guy who won, Michael Brennan, is from Leesburg. You've heard us talk about him, Ronas and I. Mm-hmm. He just won his third consecutive Middle Atlantic Gambler, which has never been done. He won it when he was 15. He won it when he was 16. And he won it when he was 17. This guy is holy shit. So he's a high school kid who's beating a lot of good grown ass men, college amateurs, college players, and guys like you that play a lot of golf and used to play college golf. It's the best of the best, besides me. But yeah, he's he's going to Wake Forest on the Arnold Palmer Scholarship. Wow, Michael Uh, Brennan. Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to put that name out there. So he won his third consecutive. Uh, it was fantastic. And another thing I'd like to throw out there, I was fortunate enough with my son to be at the uh, wild card game and what an environment, the uh, Nationals beating the Brewers. And I, Steve, I felt so badly for, for Grisham. We are seats for section 136 right there. The, the section that kind of jets out onto the field right by the right fielder. And I felt my, my, excitement was tempered. I even made a post on Facebook. I said, you know, I was, it was a nice thing that we won, but we saw it Winston. And I just had this feeling inside us of it would just hurt so badly for him. Your heart hurt because yeah. we were watching him the whole game. I kept saying to Winston, I was like, watch him, watch him, this guy. Cause I wanted Winston. I wanted my boy to see that every play you have to anticipate every play coming to you and the professionalism that these guys ex- exhibit. Right. Every single play, they're in a, in a ready position. And you just, you look out there and you imagine being one of these guys that is actually 
in the field of play that is performing and the pressures. And when that goddamn ball went by him, I felt a sickness. Everybody else in there was going apeshit crazy, <laughs> throwing beers. And I thought, oh, no, why does this happen? Well, why you know, it's uh, I, I love that. Were, were you down the line? Were you behind him in right field or were you in front of him? We are right by the ball, girl. That's All right, so, you were, so you were looking perpendicularly. So you didn't get a good angle as to how the ball was spinning and how it might have bounced. It looked like from the limited replay angles that TBS had that it took a weird screwball hop because of how it was spinning. And that's the kind of thing that you mentioned that these outfielders have to process in a split second as soon as the ball is launched off the bat. And they've got to start moving while thinking of what am I doing here? And this is a complex situation. Games on the line. Uh, the bases were, were they loaded or is it first and third or something like that? Or second bases, and third? Uh, no, bases, bases were, were loaded. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, we should know this. Bases were first and second and he tried to throw out. No, fuck, they were loaded. I can't remember. I should know. I'm sorry. I can't remember. Well, whatever he, the case. He, he really had no chance to throw the guy out at home, but that was his well, intention. That's why he rushed it. Well, he would have, he would have stopped Rendon from going home had he fielded the ball cleanly. It was assumed based on how the ball was hit and everything else. But because he booted it, it allowed Rendon to go on in. Yeah, two would have scored. That's right. It scored three. That's right. Two would have scored, but he was hoping to throw out the second run. People are listening to this and thinking, you assholes, you should know this. But (laughs) By the way, I just got a text in, real-time text. Uh, Zay, please do interrupt Ron when he talks about his golf scores again. Signed... (laughs) The Zabecast <laughs> listenership. I don't know. How do I get a text in? This is being taped. It's weird. It's you, like you have enough golfers that they don't I'm mind hearing. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Busting your balls. Um, no, yeah, and that's the thing about. Uh, and they say in baseball that uh, that if you're weak in the field at your position, that the baseball finds you, and that's an expression mm-hmm. in baseball. And that, that that's the that's the cruel part about it. But every athlete, as you know, Ron, that competes, that plays in the game, basically signs up for a possibility of lifetime regret over a blown play on the highest of stages, whether it's a missed free throw or a bobbled grounder or a dropped touchdown pass. It's what you sign up for. Scott Norwood missed field goal. Right. Jackie Jackie Smith dropped touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Oh, my God. He must be the sickest man in America. That's why sports is compelling. It's why we love it. It's why we watch. By the way, on the golf front, so I'm watching the Shriners on the Golf Channel this past weekend, the old wraparound schedule, because why not? And I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, there's Adam Scott again. God, he's been playing a lot of events, Adam Scott. And I'm thinking, this guy has been a frontline star on the PGA Tour, won the Masters, out there golfing, 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 golfing. Kepka played. Kepka played in that event, which I immediately thought, hmm, how much cocaine is in Kepka's hotel room at the Aria right now? <laughs> is that wrong cocaine of me? Cocaine and twenty-year-old hookers that his wife is, or that right. his girlfriend or wife ways. is right. How many how going many down on constantly? <laughs> yeah, but oh, I just I thought I thought and these guys are all playing and you know Kevin Nye ends up winning it and and I've grown to like him actually despite the fact that he's had some issues with slow play and unable unable to pull the trigger but. 
that said, I thought these guys are just playing golf. They must be sick of it. They, like nobody's paying attention to golf right now. Even us golf nerds, for the most part, aren't. This is not the majors. This is not golf season. They're not doing big specials on Sports Center about round three of the U.S. Open. But here they are because guess what? There's a big pile of money in this tournament, and the tour's putting it on. You might as well go play, right? It's so true. And the other thing is they have an obligation. They have to play a certain number of events. And if you're going to choose to play an event, you know you can bring your family out there, your wife or whatever, especially sure. if she likes to have threesomes and foursomes like Kepka's girl. <laughs> so, uh, of course, she's going to come. But, you, I mean, you got to get your events out of the way. I don't know. I can't remember what the number is. I think it's 15. I think it's 15. I think you're right. A number of these top players, they're doing these wraparound events because they want to lighten their load during major season so they can better peak for the majors, which I totally get. But anyway. Correct. Even I mean, Mickelson played. He did. He did. Oh, he didn't spend time in that in the uh, sports book. You know he was in the sports book. Of course. So yeah. that said, let me get to the one topic I had to put in a quarter to your jukebox on, and that is what happened at Kansas at the Fog Allen Friday night kickoff night with Snoop Dogg and quote-unquote acrobatic performers whom AD Jeff Long said, oh, I didn't know in the contract for the performance that that meant strippers on huge stripper poles wearing scantily clad stuff. Yep. The audacity of that basketball program uh, after what occurred with, you know, guys went to jail over, this whole Adidas thing. And, sure. um, and for them to throw that back in the face of, you know, everybody the way that they did. Now, if people are going to say they didn't know what they were doing, so maybe I'll go down that route or that road. Uh, to be a program in Lawrence, to have the opportunity to be the head coach at, Can- at the University of Kansas and to coach teams in that building, the Holy Grail one of the holy grails of college basketball. When you, to, to even call it a lack of institutional control, which is one of the major violations that they were presented with, but a lack of institutional control across the board occurred by having them, you know, by having Snoop Dogg in there. I could be funny. I could say funny shit. Like, you know, it, was, it wasn't that bad or, you know, all this, this, but to be so fucking clueless as to not understand what literally to be tone deaf, literally, literally tone deaf to not know what Snoop is about and to not have an understanding and to not second guess and to think maybe this isn't the right thing. But not only that, Bill Self went so far to do a warm or lead up video of him. I don't know if you saw it with the gold chain walking into the record store. Oh my um, God. Oh, you didn't see it. Oh my God. This was, this is when, how they announced that Snoop Dogg was doing the concert. So he walks into a record store <laughs> and they're playing uh next episode in the background, which is, Hey, smoke weed every day. You know what time a DJ. I love that shit. I love playing Snoop, <laughs> but for them to not know what they're going to get with Snoop, and not to mention the fact that there is a, there are a lot of conservatives in Kansas. It is the sure. heartbeat of America, and I, I mean politically, I think they would lean a more, little more left. No one has big a been a bigger uh, critic 
outward critic to the point of saying fuck you and then his concerts talking about you know death to the president and stuff but to have i mean Snoop Dogg is literally what his record label or his like his album cover had something about Donald Trump getting killed or shot or are something you, are you sure about that i always yes. thought i always thought Snoop was less political and more oh, no, mercenary been, he, no 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 he's been hardcore anti-trump hard okay. hardcore all right well i'll, yeah. I'll, I'll so, trust you on that uh, all that be, all that aside to be so clueless to be so clueless all that aside I mean, come on. all that yeah. aside i'll put this out there as my one sentence rejoinder you wouldn't have seen that at duke would you no because because guess what D- duke and other blue blood programs and kansas is one of the bluest blue bloods they're supposed to ride above it they're supposed to say we don't need to pay a rapper for some concert to get recruits here and to elevate the program we're fucking kansas it's a desperation move now is it now some people have gone so far to say and i know everybody listening to this is a sports fan that's why they're listening but there's been talk that, you know, oh, they're just throwing it back in the face of the NCAA. They're saying, no. I will, you try, no, exactly. But some people are saying that's that. An, that's an expensive fuck you. Snoop Dogg, don't play for free. Right, right, right. So the, uh, the, the, fa- and then for them to play the victim. Right. It's all, like, we yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't know this was going to be the case. Well, how yeah. did you miss 20 foot stripper poles being brought into the, the <sighs> arena? Like, was anybody watching? Was anyone going, hey, what are these exactly? How about the mascot with a blunt? The mascot had a I blunt that lit that. up. And then <laughs> did you know that the, 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 the Kansas, dollar bills, the, kid, the, the, gun, the money gun? I saw the, the money, money gun. gun. I saw yeah, the money you, gun. It had weed on it. It had weed on the money. <laughs> what the By fuck the way. is wrong with these people? <laughs> By the way, so the, the, so the Jayhawk mascot had a blunt that lit up? Oh no! Snoop brought his own mascot. Oh. It was a different mascot. Oh. Yeah, it was a burning blunt the whole time. You know what's funny is that now that marijuana is becoming more and more legalized across the country, at what point does talking about and bragging about smoking weed lose its bad boy panache? In other yeah. words, it'd be like saying, "I was drinking a beer the other night." Yeah. So what? So was I. What's the big yeah. deal? Right. You know, you know, what's crazy is this AD part of his apology was saying, well, we moved the concert to the end of the event. Right. So well, you already are admitting right there that right. you know that this could be controversial. It's mind boggling to me that that occurred. When I watched uh, the, you know, the whatever online, I think my wife showed it to me. I couldn't believe what I was watching. And Bill Self, (laughs) Bill Self is the biggest phony. That guy's had more fucking talent at that school. He can't win shit. With fewer titles to show for it. What has he got? One? He can't win shit. And he's, yeah. Oh, uh, shit. I know. I should know. He's so hard to watch, too. He's a strange guy. He's always, like, licking his lips. And he's a nervous wreck. He's always adjusting his tie down the stretch. He's a a mess. All right, Ronnie, great run as always. Uh, congrats on your finish at the Mid-Atlantic Amateur. And enjoy Thank those you, Wizards tickets this year. And uh, we'll talk <laughs> again soon, brother. See you, bud. See talk you, to you later. Bye. God, I do love my boy. He is he is such a trip. He's he's like a walking contradiction sometimes, which I, I don't quite fully understand, but he's great. Uh
And he loves his NBA, even though he admits that a lot of these guys are way overpaid. So I'll end with this today. There's a girl that has gone viral, semi-viral, or has achieved a little bit of fame because she was seen knitting while at the Oklahoma-Kansas football game. The Athletic caught up with this girl. And I don't have her name in front of me, but it's not important. And she said, look, I realized recently I know what I like and I'm happy with who I am and I'm going to do what I want to do. And she had no problem with the fact that some people were kind of making fun of her that she was at this game while knitting at a football game. Hey, I think that's great. Uh, You go, girl. You do you, as the kids like to say, and make no apologies for it whatsoever. I think there was a shot of a old man shirtless at a Florida-based football game that was neck deep in some book up in the stands where nobody was around him. (laughs) And you say to yourself, wait, if you're just going to read a book, why, why are you at a football game? Maybe he likes to just be in that environment and hear the roar of the crowd and kind of look up like, oh, look, somebody scored, and then go right back to his book. Same thing if you like knitting. God bless this girl. Do what makes you happy. And you're right. Make no apologies for it whatsoever. That'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Download, subscribe, like, and rate on old iTunes and elsewhere. It helps with the algorithms. Subscribe to Friday's edition, Football Five Ways Friday. If you can, if you want, it helps support the whole cause. Don't if you can't and cancel anytime. It's a doggy door. Come and go as you please. Have yourself a great Wednesday or whatever Wednesday you want to have. I'm not going to micromanage your life. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Gambling on football, you say? Well, well, well. If you've done it before, you want to get back into it, or you just want another place to reliably play, where you know when you win, you're going to get paid, because remember, that's the whole deal. Winning is nice, getting paid even nicer. Thank you, Mr. X, for the comment. Bottom line is this, my bookie, mybookie.ag. They've been with us now for two seasons. They are a solid book. They pay when you win, and they are very straightforward. Plus, they've got a great array of ways that you can wager on games, an excellent interface, excellent mobile app as well, and great customer service. You know, there have been a small number of hiccups along the way, and people have emailed me directly and said, hey, I had a problem with my bookie. I send one email, boom, off to my rep at my bookie, and the problem is fixed like that. MyBookie.ag. Now listen, if you want to maybe bet a little bit and win big, try some parlays. They're kind of hard to hit, but they're fun to play, right? Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's MyBookie.ag, one of the best in the business. It's where I play. It's where I recommend you have an account as well because you can never have too many. And right now, joining MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo to activate the offer. That's promo code ZABE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid.